Hey, welcome to the show, everyone. I'm super excited for today's episode. I sit down with Riley and Elena from Sailing the Vagabond. With no idea how to sail, Riley saved up and bought himself a 43-foot yacht. He then met Elena on a small island in Greece where she was working as a musician, and together they decided to set sail on their boat, La Vagabond. While they were sailing around the world, they picked up a camera and documented some of their adventures, mostly just to show their family what they're up to. And these videos gained massive traction on YouTube. Their YouTube account is sitting at over a quarter of a million followers and many of their videos have well over a million views. I had such a fun time talking to these two and I would highly recommend checking out their YouTube channel. Let's get into it. Riley and Elena, thanks so much for joining me today on the show. Uh, I've been following you guys actually since uh, two years ago. My brother and I were looking at doing a sailing trip from the west coast of Canada, so from Vancouver down to Panama, and we went on to YouTube to see what other people have been doing, what kind of sailing adventures people have been up to, and we found you guys, and you've crafted such a unique and fascinating life. Uh, I've been following you ever since, so uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. No worries. Thanks for following. Yeah, thanks for uh, taking the time to watch a few of our videos, mate. I've seen we them all. It. Yeah. So, for people that might not know who you guys are, could you give <clears> a <throat> brief background on what Sailing the Vagabond is all about? Okay. Yeah. So basically, Riley bought uh, a yacht maybe four years ago, having no clue how to sail, and he bought that in the Mediterranean, and he sailed to the Greek islands where he met me, and he kidnapped me. And we've been together ever since. Since then, uh, we've sailed through the Med, across the Atlantic, the Caribbean, through the Panama Canal, across the Pacific Ocean to New Zealand. And uh, along the way, started making some videos, mainly for friends and family back home. And they got a lot of interest and a lot of hits, which we totally weren't expecting. And uh, one thing led to another, and we're here in France now. Just picked up our new boat, so it's been an absolute roller coaster. Yeah, we've gone from rank amateurs to uh, professional filmmakers. I wouldn't call it professional. No, it is professional because you are you're getting paid to do it, right? It's it's your That's livelihood. Right, yeah. If we can kind of roll back the clock, I'll start with you, Elena. What was your life like pre La Vagabond? If we were to roll it back, maybe like three or four years, what were you up to? Or pre Riley, more importantly, pre Riley. <laughs> Um, I finished school and I certified as a dive master. So I was working in Cairns on the Great Barrier Reef and also uh, the Great Islands. And in between that, I would play music wherever I could. It gets me a little bit of cash and kept the you know travel funds up. And uh, yeah, basically I moved around a lot. I didn't really have a home and I wanted to see and do as much as I could while I was young. Great. And when you say you finished school, is that uh, high school that you finished? Yeah, just high school. Yeah, okay. I looked into going to university, but I didn't really know what I wanted to study. So I thought I'd um, have a gap year and it ended up being four. Here you are. And Riley, what about you? What were you doing at that time? I had been working uh, in the offshore industry, oil and gas, um, working on oil rigs and also in the mines in Western Australia for eight years to save up the money for the, the boat, La Vagabond. And also for the whole trip because I knew it would be quite expensive. So the the idea to get the boat came quite late in the piece. I don't really know um, how it all came about. I know I saw my um, my friend's parents bought one, and then 
I don't know, it just seemed like a really cool way to travel. You were sick of living out of a backpack, that's what he tells other people. <laughs> yeah. So he thought he'd take his house with him and a boat was an easy solution. Well, really? he didn't, it's not that easy. <laughs> no, it's quite hard. Um, so I spent six months in Thailand uh, having a look around because I, I really had no idea. So I spent some time in Thailand and I pulled a boat out of the water and there's a, a guy called a surveyor and he came along and... And he's like, um, it was a 60 foot, which is really, really long and big and imposing, difficult to sail. And he's like, oh, so you, you know, you must have grown up with sailing. You're an experienced racer and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, nah. And he goes, put it back in the water. Put it back in the water. Come with me. Like, what are you doing? And, and I was like, what? It looks pretty good to me. And then so he goes, oh, you know, you, you should be looking more at these sort of boats. And that's when I... Um, started hunting around online and then, yeah, I found La Vagabond and when I flew over to Europe, that was the, the first one that I saw and I, I loved it and I bought it. So you bought the boat and then, Elena, you were working as a musician on an island somewhere in Greece, is that correct? Eos. Oh, in Eos, so yeah, in I know, the party island, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it's a party island. <laughs> and, and so Riley rolls up and he's got the mustache and you look across. Yeah. And, saw um, the mustache before I saw him. <laughs> yeah, every time I said that. I did. It's the from truth. across the bar, you just see it. And uh, and how quickly did you guys decide to head out on this adventure together? How long did you know each other for? Well, so we met, and uh, he told me that he had a boat, and I didn't believe him because he he looked so young and immature, and you know he was drinking at the time. So I was like, yeah, cool, like you've got a boat. Um, Anyway, he did have a boat and he took me for a few short sails around the island and he had one last shift of work. So he was still working offshore at this time. So he actually had to leave the Greek islands and me and fly back home to work for another three weeks and he decided to quit his job for good, not because of me but because he just decided. I I was already going to quit. Yeah, so he just decided conveniently enough for me. Um, so he quit his job and he came back for good and we probably hung out for maybe two weeks and he'd, you know, take me sailing and he'd watch me play music and then he asked me to leave with him and it took me a while. For a life, we were only going to a nearby island. So okay. it wasn't like, let's go around the world together. It was yeah. like, let's let's go check out the next island. Let's go check out another one. And, and yeah, she yeah. never left. So it yeah. wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't let's go sail 30,000 nautical miles together. It was let's go one little island top and see how it goes, right? Yeah, yeah and, sure. and it went that way until it started getting cold. And that was around October or November. And then I suggested, why don't we go to the Caribbean? And yeah. Well, it was, it was more along the lines, Ryan, of either we go to the Caribbean or, you know, I'm finding I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm going back to sunny Australia. Where were you that it was getting cold at the time? Uh, we were still in the Greek Islands, somewhere around Crete. And, uh, yeah, the weather was just gnarly. Though. It started getting really windy and it was just freezing. We had like six or seven blankets on outside, so it wasn't too pleasant. <laughs> and when was it that you decided to pick up the camera and start documenting your experiences for your family? Well, that was really early on, actually. Almost um, straight away, Elena picked up the camera. And- yeah, Riley had this great camera. It was a Canon Power Shot. It's pretty. Oh, it's yeah. a dinosaur now. Oh yeah. But at the time, it was pretty great. Um, and he never used it. And I picked it up, and I yeah, I, like I say, I made it my baby, and just started taking random videos because I didn't tell Mum when I <laughs> agreed to go sailing with Riley. So I thought 
if I present her this video as well as the news of I've just met a boy who doesn't know how to sail and we're going to sail around, um, she might, you know, she'd get a better idea of what was going on and yeah, so it was it was for her mainly, but I, I left it open for anyone else to watch, really. Yeah, and that first video, is that the one that's now at over 1.6 million views? Is that the one? Something like that, And that yeah. was, the, that was mm. actually your first one? That was the first one, yeah. It's pretty funny looking back at those it's, videos. It's yeah. insane. And when, <laughs> did, you, like, when did, did you realize that it was more than your mom and your family watching the video. Riley sort of doubted it in the beginning, didn't yeah. you? We well, didn't really know. We, we didn't know the world of YouTube. We didn't know what was good and we what wasn't. We had no idea. But I saw numbers and I was like, wow, this is great. You know, the video hit 10,000 views. And I was like, is this good, Riley? He's like, no, I don't know. Like, Not good enough. We just didn't, we didn't see what was happening before we knew it. The video had so many hits. Yeah, it had a lot of views. But then, like, I, I, I thought, oh, well, this is all well and good. Um where's the money from advertising? And at the end of the month, it was like $15. And I was like, well, we're, get, we're not going to make a career out of this. We, yeah. we're like, let's look at chartering or something like that. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't enough to put a lot of time and effort into at the time, was it? So it, it certainly began as a hobby. So Elena, it was mostly you that kept pushing the video side of things. Riley, you didn't quite see the upside in the beginning? Um, no, not, not really. Like I... Uh, it was a great, fun little side project, but it was certainly Elena's baby. I, I would um, be reading my book or cleaning the boat or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, he wasn't really into it. Yeah, one thing that really shines through your videos is that you guys are so natural on camera from the very first video. That's definitely what attracted me to keep following. Uh, and you're just such positive and charismatic people. Uh, where do you think that positivity comes from? I mean, in the episode where you get your fishing rod stolen, you have a pretty good outlook on that. In the episode, Elena, where you get burned. I think when you're on a boat, you sort of have to be positive because if if one of you's down, it really um, it's a big effect on the other person. So in a bad situation, usually the best thing to do is to look at the positive side so that we can get through it. If you if you're both negative you know, all you have is each other and it's not going to get you through. That's how I sort of see it, do you? Elena, Elena was like the character out of the, if there's a book by Voltaire called Candide and she was just so insane and positive. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but she's a, she's a little bit more realistic now. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think it is, in, is uh, important to stay uh, positive on the boat for sure. So maybe was it a bit of Elena being on the extreme of too positive, Riley? You're a bit below, and you guys came to meet in the middle where you're still. I would say that's exactly what happened. No, I, I'd argue against that, Ron. Okay. I, I, I think that I was okay, and Elena was just crazy. <laughs> I was a fairy. You brought Elena. <laughs> you brought Elena down to a normal level. That's what we're going with. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe. I'm. I'm not sure exactly where we're at now. It seems to be pretty good. Seems no, to be no. You, okay. you guys definitely have it going. It's. Uh, I mean, you scroll through the, the comment section on your videos and you make so many people's day. Just, I don't know, you guys throw off such a good, authentic vibe in your videos. And I've also noticed the production value is going up a ton. I mean, you guys have the drone going now. It's pretty exciting. Um, I still have to say my favorite video is Bilgy. Uh, Bilgy! Bilgy. Bilgy. <laughs> if you if you want to tell people a bit about the Bilgy film, it's a, it's a pretty good one. Uh, 
It's a bit of a noir uh, art house. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty uh, pretty deep. There's a lot of hidden meanings in there, a lot of subtle undertones, which a lot of people probably wouldn't pick up on. Ryan, you might have picked up on a few. So oh, no, not, not all of them. Yeah, no, no. It, it's something, watch it it's, it's layered. It's very layered. So, yeah, no, it's a story about a, um, a man who falls in love with a bilge pump on on a on a boat, How does it and work? it basically relates to um, it, it's telling a story of how you and I met. So it used to be Riley used to talk to the bilge pump before <laughs> I came along. Like there was he was usually by himself, so okay. he'd make friends with anything that made noises on the boat. And then I came along, and all of a sudden there's me. So he forgets about the bilge pump. <laughs> basically, <laughs> I think yeah. So it's actually it's an accurate pump. representation of what kind of happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, except in black and white with no sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, to but... tell you the truth, we were really so bored. We were so bored in Nevis. I think we were. Yeah. Um, and we were just like, let's make a movie. It was Riley's idea. Yeah, that's one, one thing I wanted to dive into is what does the average day on the boat kind of look like for you guys? There's definitely a, a lot of downtime. Less downtime than you'd think. Yeah. Okay, lots of upkeep. A lot less these days. It's going to be a completely different story on on this boat because it's it's brand new. But on the on the old boat, like forever fixing, trying to you know source uh, not materials. What am I thinking of? Parts. Trying to source parts, get getting them flown out to random locations, and then just. Um, on a boat, everything's three or four times more difficult. So instead of having a cup of tea taking you 30 seconds, it might take five minutes, which... I don't know what kettle during a day, up, during, a day, during a day, it adds up, oh, no, but like, I've got to get around you, you and then you've got to pull stuff out it's to difficult. pull stuff out to get to the actual tea bags and then put it all back. I don't know. It, it's just um, there's a lot less downtime than people think. So an average day for us, I suppose, um, it depends if we're... Uh, if we're out at sea for a week, if we're on passage, um, usually a day, there's not much, well, there's no editing going on, which I love. So it's, it's all filming because I can't edit on a mono hull. Uh, it's very uncomfortable. I will get seasick. So, yeah, no editing. Woo-hoo. There's not a lot of anything going on on passage apart from doing a little bit of filming. and Sailing, filming, eating, Just trying sleeping. to stay alive. <laughs> yeah. Staying alive. Fishing, we'll do a bit of fishing. Yeah. Um, if it's, it's really calm, you know, we'll relax and maybe have a bit of a drink in the afternoon and a yeah. nice dinner and then it's great everything is so awesome when you're out there and then because of the business as soon as we get to land now we've got a lot of stuff to do so now I have to catch up on you know all of that editing I've got to upload videos there's we've got a large list of things going on at the moment so it's a bit of a love-hate relationship with land life but yeah, it's yeah. pretty convenient. We do miss it when we've it's, been away. It's almost impossible to give you an average day because they're so varied. Mm. And um, look, really good as as well as really bad as well on a boat. That's what we find is that it, it, there's never a sort of a consistent. It's either the best day of and just yeah. so beautiful, like from morning to night, just perfect weather and everything goes right or everything just goes wrong all yeah, of a sudden and there's a huge breaking. storm and something breaks and it's a roller coaster that's yeah exactly, very, very that's what makes it so attractive as well right yeah exactly so it's exciting and another random question how do you guys stay so fit 
while you're confined. Oh my gosh, we're small... not fit at the moment. We've been well, eating pasta and bread since we've been in France. Yeah, you're, um, in, France. you're in croissant country now, so it's fine. You can yes. take take a few weeks exactly. off. Exactly. Very dangerous. Well, Riley's got his exercise equipment on the boat and... Um, I've got, I've got like a stretchy thing and some push-up handles. Yeah. That's all. Oh, no, I've got the weights. We do what we can, but we try and eat as healthy as we can. Um, I think since eat we've fish. been sailing, we've just noticed um, you really just can't eat whatever you want because yeah. we can't always yeah. exercise. So I started getting into healthy eating and learning a few new things in the kitchen and it's been a lot of fun and we love it. We're never going back to eating garbage it's just no good for you <laughs> yeah you guys were just in new zealand i was actually there a couple months before you guys uh living on great barrier island for a couple weeks i know you guys visited. oh we went there yeah yeah i was out there a good friend i spent three years in auckland i went to high school there and a good friend of mine has a little batch beach house on the island so we went and we got to kind of live off the sea for a few weeks and just reconnecting with with your food I mean, catching a fish and then learning how to prep it all is such a cool experience. You guys oh, must find it weird when you go back to a city. and Totally, yeah. It's, we do like going back to a city. Like, don't. <laughs> it's really good. But particularly, and this is how I explain it, when we went through the Pacific in particular, like the Marquesas and then through to the Cook Islands the and, and the Chuamotos in between, they're just little, tiny little rings of reef and it's... You know, there's a shop there, but you just can't get... The ship comes every three weeks and there was no internet. And it's and gone it was by the lunch. best place ever, except we just, we couldn't stay there forever. <laughs> you just, you can't get a tomato. You can't get one. So you've got to get like canned vegetables and all this sort of stuff. So anyway, it can get yeah. a bit annoying. So, so when we got to New Zealand, yeah. we, felt, us, yes. we felt less connected with our food because it was like we just go to... <laughs> supermarket and boil that sort of stuff Whatever whereas we, we, we really felt like we were in amongst it i want to talk a little bit about the catamaran deal that you guys landed because that's obviously a huge deal how did that come about would you like to go or me uh I, I can take this one whatever either either we were in uh los roques which is elena's favorite place ever yeah, yeah. it's an archipelago of islands in venezuela yeah, so we had dropped anchor and this catamaran came along in front of us and dropped anchor in front of us and I just, I sort of, I saw it come in and I was like, my God, that is just beautiful. Yeah. And I sort of stood up and I walked up to the front of the boat. Um, then Elena and I were going to head into town. Uh, we'll just grab some dinner or something like that. So we jumped in the tender and I went past and I was going really slow, like, looking at it and I saw some people on the back deck and I like they looked over and I waved at them I was like hey guys you're hey. and they said come on come over on the yeah. boat it must happen to them all the time oh yeah and um, we ended up on board and I asked a million questions and then we ended up spending Christmas with them um, and it turned out that not only was it so I think it is so beautiful because it is streamlined and and it goes really fast so I was like okay it's beautiful and it goes fast well, can we have the um, email address of the CEO? Yeah. We'll tell them that we've got this little YouTube channel and see if we can get one. And Riley <laughs> joked about um, Riley joked about it in the beginning. He's like, I'm going to message them and you know, hopefully, like they can you know get us a deal. I'm like, Riley, we can't afford this. Like it's so expensive. Yeah. But yeah. he sent an email and the reply was probably best case scenario. It said, um, "Hello, I'm a huge fan of the show already." 
um, like we love what you do. We would love to, you know, somehow organise to get you guys on board one. Like we'll work with you, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and this email we received just before we uh, crossed the Pacific, which meant no, no, that it? was that was much much later. This was in Lost Rockets. Yeah. So we got an email then, yeah. and then the the really good one was like four before months, the four months crossing. later. Yeah. 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 That's anyway. huge. That's so exciting for you guys. And now you're in Paris and you've taken it out a handful of times, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Elena's drives. So I'm, I've got to throw the ropes and stuff and Elena's got, Elena drives it. So yeah, it's, a, it's a beast. But, yeah, basically the, the team at Ultramur really have just been so nice to us and they, they haven't given us a free boat, no, but they've um, been able to reduce the price a lot and because of the channel we were able to get um, discounted navigation gear, which is a huge cost and, like, you know, sales and the list goes on. So it's at a, it's at a price that we can afford with our income that we're earning from the internet. So we are over the moon and, um, yeah, we'll be able to work out at sea now, which is one of the main reasons we wanted a catamaran so we can actually do things while at sea and it's more of a house rather than, like, arriving at your destination and, and then working. We it, can- it doesn't feel like we're camping anymore. It feels like we're on a home. Yeah, maybe teal. Teal take thirty seconds again instead of two minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very important to minimise the amount of time you spend making tea. Yes. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the fact that the CEO was a fan of your channel just shows how big a reach you guys have. Is has it been kind of strange? Have you been recognised walking around places or when you show up to an island? Do people know who you are? Because when we arrive to a new place, it's usually by boat and all of the sailors have already seen our channel. So, yeah, like every most sailors know who we are. Um, and as for land, like we always get recognised in airports, I guess because, you know, a lot of travellers are in airports, duh, and I guess they sort of like look up travellers or whatever. Um, but New Zealand was really a shock. Like we could not go anywhere without getting recognised and that's because it's such a massive sailing community. So, uh, yeah, we, we do get recognised a lot now. It's, um, it's strange. We're still getting used to it. it we, we tend to attract, attract um, a pretty cool audience. So yeah. generally speaking, you know, we have a good conversation and we all we get it all sorted out and yeah. we get a photo on and it's it's good. We get it's to meet good. nice people. So that's been good. Yeah, you guys have a pretty amazing audience. You can see as you go through the comment section, YouTube is just pretty much a cluster of negative comments for the most part. But I know, isn't it? We're too, so lucky. You're so we lucky. We feel very lucky, yeah. But uh, on occasion, I'm sure you guys get the comment... Oh, I would love to do that, but I've just got too many responsibilities and and comments like that. So how, how do you, I mean, not that you would respond to them, but if you were to respond to someone who said that, what would you say? Well, I think you sort of make your own luck. I really do. Yeah, um, yeah so I think um, nothing's going to happen for you unless you go out and search for it and, and try. It doesn't, nothing just gets handed to you. Um, and as for the people kind of saying like I have too many responsibilities. Yeah, like everyone's situation is so different and some yeah. people just might not ever be able to do what we're doing. Um, but I think just make the most of who you are and what you are able to do. And I don't know. What do you think, Riley? I think it's brilliant that um, sometimes we can inspire people. That's that's really cool. 
Um, and we do get that a lot. But as for people saying like, oh, yeah, I, I do think that we're, we're very lucky. I, we remind each other all the time um, how lucky we are and not to take yeah. it for granted and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't get angry if someone said that um, I was lucky. I agree. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, you do make your own luck, and that's what I think is important to reinforce. I mean, some people have different situations, but... And then, yeah, always every day reflecting, being grateful for what you do have, which you can definitely see that you guys do that on a regular basis. It's pretty cool. So what what else do you guys have coming up? What are the big plans with the new catamaran? Are there any new locations you want to check out? we got to learn to sail the thing first. <laughs> no, so um, we're going to sail the Mediterranean this year once again and go back to all the places we loved and all the places we missed out on. Um, so that'll be all of this year and then we're going to cross the Atlantic again and uh, dot, 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 we're not too sure. Um, the world is actually our oyster so we're, you know, we change our minds all the time. One day it'll be sailing up the east coast of America in 2018 and then it will be uh, going through the Panama Canal and, and sailing the west coast, you know, up to Canada. So. We, we were actually even thinking of having like a vote on our YouTube, like where should we go, like yeah. North Pole or the East Coast of the US and, yeah. and just see what people say, and get the see viewers. if they try and kill us by heading yeah. into these like crazy. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. going to say. you got to be careful. Night. Totally. Yeah, we're not going there too cold. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, somewhere like Iceland or something like that could be a great time, right? Uh, it, we we feel the cold a lot. I was in New Zealand just complaining so Seriously. much and, and everyone there was like wearing T-shirt and shorts and we've just been totally acclimatised to the to the tropics. Yeah, we like the equator. It's great. It's a good spot. But, have. you know, this boat is it's, it's pretty, pretty awesome. It's pretty fast. We can zip around, yeah, so you quite comfortably. up to Iceland. No. That's still a long way. So you won't be visiting me in Canada anytime soon, I guess. Oh, I don't know, mate. Oh, we'll mate, see. I don't know. Maybe you, you come to down vote. to see us. I'll come see you guys. I, I'd do another little stint on the Great Barrier or something like that. It's been a good yeah, time. Yeah, it's good. Oh, it's going to be a while till we're there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so neither of you went to post-secondary schooling. Is that correct? You, you're done in high school and that was it? Yeah, yeah. public yeah. school. And and did you feel pressure from your parents and, I mean, friends that were going that route to do it? Or was it a no-brainer that you're just going to follow your passion for travel? Well, no, I, I, uh, most of my friends and family have gone to uh, university, we call it, in Australia, college where you guys are, I guess. But, um, yeah, I felt a, a little bit of pressure. It would have been something that I lo- would have loved to have done. But um, in Australia, where, like, at the time, it was sort of crazy not to try and go and get work in the mines or offshore because there's so much money to be made and... So in the four years that you're at university, you could have made you know X amount of money and then yeah. and bought a house or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, to me, it, it just made it made perfect sense. And for me, I felt I didn't need a uni degree to figure that out. No, I felt no <laughs> pressure from my parents. My parents are grey nomads, and you know they were like, "Cool, Elena, like you know, do whatever you want." Um, but from my friends, I definitely felt a bit of pressure because most of my friends uh, moved to the city, we call it, which is just Perth, um, and you know, uh, started uni, and and I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I thought travel was a good solution, and that's what I did. So Riley, when you were working at the mines, was it not? 
was it hard to get away from that lifestyle where you were making a lot of money? Because I'm sure a lot of people got sucked in. They started buying nice cars and maybe buying homes and stuff like that. How did you manage to stray away from that? Do, do you know some guys that uh, work offshore out of Canada? Yeah, so in Calgary, uh, which is just to the east of where I am now, there's a lot of oiling going on. And yeah, it's kind, I can tell. Yeah, so you get a lot of yeah. guys that go out there and sure you're making 120 grand a year but you're not really because by the time you pay off your truck and your nice house and your expensive ski trips where you spend eight times the amount that you need to you're really not coming out ahead couldn't agree more mate so that was there was myself and a few other young guys that like to travel and i'd be sitting there at um at a at a, at a lunch break or smoke is what we call it and um <laughs> They're, they're just talking about like these million dollar houses and diamond rings and stuff and I'm like, I'm bashing my head against the, the wall just going like the same guys that are not, not bragging but talking about that stuff are the, are the same ones that are complaining about their job and I'm like, sell the house, tell you tell you probably really nice, beautiful wife that you can't afford the, that diamond ring and downsize and take a year off. You could easily do it. But yeah, they you you definitely get used to the money and you know keeping up with the next door neighbors and your friends and stuff like that, which um, it's definitely a trap. I I, uh, I had always planned to get out. Most people do, but it, it's hard to do. I don't know. I don't know. Did you feel the how. pressure to stay? To stay, yeah, like everyone does. It's really good money. Yeah, and good job. I'm glad you made it out the other side. Merci. <laughs> Is that a value that your parents kind of? gave to you is that how you were brought up or something internal just your value for uh, maybe not not buying things so much as experiences i think both i think both probably more internal and and just seeing the way um the way people's lives were rolling out before my learning from the from the older dudes you see guys that are there that are 60 and they're jaded old hating life but you, you see guys that have a fantastic time there as well. But if you're not, then it's probably time to start thinking about some of the decisions you've been making. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And then, Elena, you said your parents were uh, kind of free spirits. Uh, what, what did they think when you said you Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. what was that? What um, was that last bit? What, what did they think? I, I guess you said you didn't want to tell your mom initially and you, you made that video. What did she say? when you sent her that first video? Yeah, okay, so I actually, um, when Riley asked me to leave for good with him, I uh, had a return ticket booked to Australia and at the time I had a van that I travelled Australia in. Um, so I had that to sell and that was a big decision for me because that was like my baby. Gary. Gary, his name was my van. Anyway, I sold my van and I, I surprised my parents who were travelling Australia at the same time actually. And basically, I they were camping at a national park and I had my backpack on and I like had to pay $100 for a taxi from the airport just so it was a real surprise. Anyway, I surprised the hell out of them and yeah, they were so happy to see me because they hadn't seen me in a year and I told her then and I showed her the video and she was really, mum was just over the moon. She was obviously worried because every person who doesn't know about sailing and the ocean kind of thinks that it's some kind of uh, perfect storm scenario and mom's oh like the waves are big out there I'm like yes mom but you you check the weather and you don't go out when there's storms like 
and yeah, she got used to the idea, but it, it took a little while. I'm just I'm just constantly trying to keep her as up to date as possible. And yeah. Yeah, it must be happy. pretty easy for her to stay up to date now. Just subscribe to your YouTube. You guys are <laughs> you're uploading a ton of videos now. Like do you have a goal that you want to release a certain amount of videos every week or how does that work? Um, we we promised one one every Monday. Yeah, and if there's anything extra, we'll put that up on a Friday. But every Monday, that's our that's our schedule. So um, we think that's probably the best option for us being out at sea a lot of the time. So, um, yeah, we don't want to put too much pressure on ourselves uploading more than what we have to. And people seem to love the once a week, you know, 15-minute video. They love that and our channel's doing really well because of it. So I don't think we'll change anything for now, but we'll see. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier... Uh, so you obviously have a passion for editing videos, but it can also become a bit of a chore, which I know as a filmmaker, uh, how long does it take you? How long is the editing process for each 15 minute video? Oh, well, I'm, uh, transitioning over to Premiere Pro. So I've been working on iMovie for three years now. Mm. Um, and there's so many things like I wish I could do with the program, but it just doesn't have the feature. So it's come the time in my life when I need to step up my game and uh, use Premiere Pro, but that's going to take me a while. But at the moment, a video on iMovie, I can do it pretty much with my eyes closed. And She's it takes so me, fast, so fast. I, it takes me maybe mm, a day, yep. a day to make a video. Yeah, it just right. depends. I need to be like inspired. So if I'm not in the right mood, I'll, I'll leave it. And I'll, I'll look over, Ryan, and there's just hands flying everywhere in front of the computer and hair going all over the place. And I'll, I'll sort of <coughs> interrupt and she ignores me and then I'll bring a little coffee over to her and, you know. It takes him 30 seconds to make a coffee. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. yeah, no, I, I know that life well as an editor as well. But uh, I think the switch to Premiere Pro is definitely a good call. I've been on that for a few years now, and it's so intuitive. It's just cut, chop, super fast. Um, totally, yeah. And then for the people that might be interested, what gear do you guys use for shooting? So we've got um, two. We've got a G7X, a G7X Mark II, a Canon 6D with a Rode mic, which I wouldn't recommend. Um, I would go an 80D instead. We've got uh, two GoPros, if you got recently. Which GoPro 5s. GoPro, <clears throat> yeah, Hero 5s. Um, and we did have a, what was that handy cam? Oh, the Canon. To be honest, rear. like we use um, the Canon G7X all, like, the all the time. It's just fabulous. It's light. It's The footage is just amazing. Um, the sound is a problem, but if you stick a little... Fair thing on the there's top. Wind, there's wind where we are, yeah. 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 yeah and, I'm sure. um, it's no good if it's um, if there's any uh, darkness around the place. But uh, what else have we got? That's about it. Yeah. That's our main gear. We're we're looking at getting something pretty heavy duty, something mm. like some shoulder mounted. Because of because we're on the boat and it's moving and we really cannot have something that we need to manually focus. We need an autofocus camera but also something that has like awesome sound which is hard to hard to find so yeah we're uh, looking into that at the moment yeah it's such a cool time in filmmaking right now where it's kind of democratized where you can buy a $300 camera and produce really high quality stuff 
Uh, I was actually watching, or I was reading an article, and part of your deal with the catamaran, it, it's it's kind of a marketing move on their part, right? They're looking to get more young people into sailing, which is cool. And the numbers that you guys are putting up on you, on your YouTube videos are actually contending with the World Cup of Sailing, right? Oh, it's fantastic. They're, they're very happy with the response that they've received already. And um, for us, it's like a no-brainer. Like People spend a lot, like some of these companies spend a lot of money on um, advertising in magazines and stuff like that. And um, yeah, they just don't get the same sort of reach out of it as what they would get yeah. with a with an influencer even even a tenth the size of us yeah so and i'm sure you've yeah. had a reasonable amount of companies coming to you and wanting to do some product placement in your videos so how do you decide i mean that's what i said at the but start where you guys are authentic. Key. yeah and, and that's that's the key because you guys are so real if it if it at all if at all the product felt out of place it might kind of ruin the the magic of the show we're, absolutely and we're very lucky in that um patreon our crowdfunding site is what gets us by like that is has just been a lifesaver so we've been able to say no to these massive you know companies that want to want us to sell terrible products um so yeah thank you pat like to all of our patrons it's, it's just such been, a brilliant concept yeah it really is. we have been able to avoid a lot of that stuff where our our hands would have been tied behind our back. We would have we would have had to have done more of that stuff. So yeah, yeah, we've been pretty picky. So we can be picky, yeah, and we'll f- we we will uh, cooperate with someone if we feel confident and and you know we like the product. It, we don't want to do anything that doesn't really suit us. Yeah, and that's totally fair enough. I mean, it's it's amazing what you guys have done. You made a living doing exactly what you love, and that might be a good place to end it on the patron note so you guys basically you have a patreon account do you want to go into detail on how people can support your journey totally um yeah so in the beginning when we were you know our first few episodes i'm sure you can sum up what our lives are like at the time um people were saying to us how do we donate we want to keep the dream alive and at the time rally didn't really feel comfortable taking money from strangers it was a very new thing like what is crowdfunding and, uh, and at the time I was like, yeah, you know, it doesn't really feel right. But then we got more and more comments of people saying, let me give you some money. And then they told us to set up a Patreon account. Um, and, yeah, that's a crowdfunding site. So I just I set it up and sort of it was one of those websites where you just type in your details and sort of leave it. Um, and then, you know, I logged in maybe a few weeks later and it, all of we had, you know, I think maybe 100 or $200 a video and it was like, yeah, like it was just like a confidence boost. Like it yeah. obviously wasn't enough to get by and sailing is very expensive, especially when you're just beginning. So uh, it took a while to get to a point where we could live off off that <laughs> basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have over a thousand patrons now and they're supporting our production anywhere from $2 a video to $200 a video. So it's just such a great idea. Mm. That's wicked. Yeah, so we'll I'll I'll link that in the show notes uh, below when I post this. But thanks so much for your time, guys. I I'm really stoked to connect, and I I've been following you for a couple of years now, and just watching the production quality go up and up, and you guys gain even more fame, but stay insanely humble and real, which is always refreshing. So yeah, keep it up. I'm stoked to see what you guys have coming. 
Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Thanks so mate. much. Thanks for taking the time to interview us. We uh, appreciate it. And good questions too. Yeah, we'll have to interview you another time. You make me think. It's good. We'll make it happen. Anyways, all right, guys. <laughs> thank, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, you can check out the show notes. I'll link the patron and the YouTube and, of course, the Bilgy film, which is a must-watch uh, I think it might be at Sundance this year for Lucky. So, yeah, right on. Well, Thanks. we're around the corner from the Cannes Film Festival. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, or maybe maybe a sequel, The Return of Bilgy. Could Some be yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. On the catalog. We've had some pictures from Warner Brothers. So, yeah, nah, so we're supposed too, to keep that. It's well. too corporate. Too corporate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks, no mate. See ya. See you later. Thank you for listening to the show. You can find the show notes at ryanjharris.ca forward slash podcast. So that's Ryan, J as in the letter J, and then Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S dot C-A for Canada forward slash podcast. And you'll see all the links that we mentioned in the show. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or via email on the website. Thanks for listening. See you later.